All right, welcome inside another edition of the 360 Sports Show. I'm Andy Pizzelli, joined by Christian Lauber. Initially here off the top, we're going to start every show telling you uh, the format for the show. We'll lead with the biggest sports stories of the week, and then we'll delve into some of the more local stories here in New England, and then we'll kind of broaden our scope and look at the uh, some other major storylines, if there's any big updates from across the major sports leagues. Um, that's not just limited to you know the big four, the North American sports leagues. We will talk golf, tennis, hurling, curling, badminton. You name it. You name it. Cricket. Um, we... If, uh, we, we will talk anything that's uh, big in the world of sports, uh, and then we end the show with your questions, and that's really where it's totally up to you. I did have some questions about questions this week, Christian. They were like, what can we ask? And I said, anything sports-related. And they said, anything sports-related? I said, anything sports-related. And so I, I, they, they proceeded to not send us any questions. Um, but it's an it's, early it's, start this week. It's, that's why. It's, it's open, open to anything sports. If you want to ask us and talk about gossip about Tom and Giselle, maybe breaking up um you can certainly send us those questions uh somebody did ask me a good question which they brought it to me literally just like 20 minutes ago um i don't know if we'll have time to get into it today it it begs some research top five jerseys of all time any sport any sport our personal and and i do want to kind of do some research because maybe i'll find a jersey you know from a uh you know Albanian cricket team that is just fire. That's so true. I, I, I'm gonna. I think that should be our homework uh, for this week um, is to to look into some of the uh, the jersey. Thing. That's a good question. That is a great. I like that. It's a great question. Yeah. Uh, we will get to that question eventually. Um, but yes, we'll end the show with your questions. Uh, remember, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 360 Sports Show. You can email the show the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com. We are available on. Spotify, iTunes, Podcaster, um, tune in any any podcast app you want. Castbox, I know that's a big um, uh, Android app. Uh, anywhere on the Google Play, Apple Store, anywhere you can find us pretty much anywhere. If you're having trouble and you're not able to find us to subscribe, shoot us an email, uh, either myself or Christian uh, directly, and uh, we'll try and address that for you. So, without any further ado. We are going to delve right into updating you guys on the NFL playoffs. Um, we went two for two last week. Shocker. With our picks. We are back in the win column, baby. Um, first off in the early game, the Titans valiant as they were. Eventually, the Chiefs were too much. Kansas City advances out of the AFC. Pat Mahomes going to his first Super Bowl. And then on the NFC side, the Packers decided not to show up. I think they thought they were playing this Sunday, um, and the Niners just steamroll them. I know it looked a little closer on the scoreboard at the end, but that was not a contest. The Niners will face the Chiefs in Super Bowl LIV. Christian, your opening thoughts about those games? The Packers picked the wrong week to not stop the run because they got absolutely run over by the 49ers. Now, I will say the Packers, their game plan right out of the gate sucked. I didn't understand what they were doing. Rodgers was coming out in, I mean, shotgun some of the time, and he was throwing screen passes minus two yards, screen pass minus two yards. Aaron Jones was pretty good early running the ball, but not much there. Once once they were like, oh, hey, maybe maybe we should have uh, number 12 throw it down the field, they they moved the ball a little bit, and like you were saying, it, it looked closer because of that, but it was really like you know third, late third, fourth quarter garbage time. They were already getting blown out. 
if they had just come out and, and I don't know, maybe tried to win early, they might have had something because they moved the ball once they started throwing down the field a little bit. They, they, they no-showed. Their coach openly spoke about it in his post-game press conference. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out why, uh, why we didn't really show up for this game and start the way I thought we were going to start. And he, he gave a really good answer. He didn't just blame anybody specific. Um, he took account, you know, I, the coaches, we got to figure out why that happened. You know, you know, what did I do wrong? What could we do better? Blah, 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 blah. You know, very, those are great answers as a coach, but and he's basically telling you like our guys sucked. Like they, yep. th- they did not play like this was the NFC championship and a right to go to the Super Bowl for, you know, 60% of this game. Instead, they play like they were playing Detroit again in week three on a Monday night, especially against that Niners team, which is like. Basically, defense and run game. That's pretty much a lot it's of all, what it is. All they, had, all they had to be on, on Sunday. Garoppolo hasn't, even when they've, I mean, he, he's made some plays when they needed him. And, I mean, it helps to have the best tight end in football in Kittle. But in that game, it was pretty much just run game, run down your throat. And the Packers, I didn't really see any adjustments. On the on the offensive side, they did. Defensively, eh, not got, really. They got run over by an undrafted journeyman running back. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, like... Six teams skipped on him, and he, yeah, unnamed. Who who is he? Nobody knows, but he absolutely obliterated. Doesn't matter. Their offensive line opens up canyons, yeah, for yeah. those guys to run through. Um, which of these statements is more true? The Packers were frauds, which is what I've been saying. I've been saying that they 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 aren't as good as people thought they were, or Jimmy Garoppolo is just along for the ride, and he could win a Super Bowl without really doing anything. Can I say both? No, pick. Uh. I'm well, gonna, I'm, I'm going to make you pick. My, this is like this is like you get the next one. I don't get to like play the middle um, on the next time you give me a conundrum. You know, you get to pick. All right. Well, here's what I'll say. I'll say both, but I'll answer it. I'll answer one for you right now. I think this is a tough question. I think I honestly think Garoppolo is more of a passenger because I think when you look at when you look at the game, I really think it came down to. The Packers not making adjustments. The game plan was just awful in the first half, pretty much. And when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you should probably try to throw it a little bit, you know, north-south as opposed to uh, east-west for minus five yards every play. So, I don't know. When you look at it, the run game and defense for the 49ers has won them games all year, and it continued to do that. I'm going to defer my choice to the second half. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I've been on that the Packers were frauds. I think, I think they show you showed you what they are um, and what they were this year. Um, they they had improved in their running game. They weren't able to get that going at all against that Niners defense. It took them too long uh, to get going in the passing game and realizing what they wanted to do with their passing game. And that maybe can fall on a young head coach and an inexperienced staff. Um, in that singular game, Jimmy G was 100% along for the ride because he didn't have to do anything. I think he's been along for the ride a lot of the year, though. That's how their team not, is built. Not, not against New Orleans. Not against, no, true. Not, but, I almost said St. Louis. Not against Los Angeles, you know, the Rams. There's been plenty. Not against Seattle. I mean, there were plenty. There's been plenty of moments where, I mean, you got to remember, this is his first full year of being a starter. And not every single game is, are you going to expect him to, like, like if he was say having to make miracle comebacks every single game, you look at him and say like it's probably not a good quarterback because yeah maybe if he's like winning these games but like God he can't like just win them games 
normally. They can't just normally yeah. win a game. It's always going to be some sort of miracle. I think they're a very good, very balanced team. To win the Super Bowl, we're not going to get... We'll get we'll give some initial thoughts, but I think to beat Kansas City, Garoppolo has to ball out. He's not going to get away with just throwing the ball 10 times uh, again and just being like, oh, wow, you know, I got the best seat in the house to watch my, off, my, my running backs and offensive line go to work. He's going to have to actually make plays and earn it. Um, we'll get into whether or not I expect that to happen or not. Maybe yeah. next show. But yeah. I, 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 I don't think he's purely a passenger. Um, if he plays like garbage in the Super Bowl, then yeah, he was a passenger and the Niners might have to rethink. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, I think I'm not one of these like Patriots fans. that's like Jimmy G went there. I want him to lose. No, I, th- I think he can play and I think he's pretty good. But he can get a little loose with the ball sometimes. Like there's been a number of he occasions. He can hold on to it too long, yeah. Yeah, and there's been a number of occasions this this season when Shanahan's like, you know, have him chuck it chuck it around and he throws a pick or something like that in a big spot or in kind of like that middle ground where the other team's kinda making a run. They need to get this ball down the field and either get three or or seven. And he throws a pick and then Shanahan kinda takes it away from him and moves right back to the run defense game. That's I don't think he's totally a passenger, but I don't think he's he's had some good good moments, but he hasn't been there, and I think he's going to need it in the Super Bowl. We'll get to that probably. You know, we'll save predictions for next week when we get closer, but uh, he's going to need more in, in the big game. Yeah. Um, turning to Kansas City and Tennessee, um, the Titans tried their, their best. I mean, I think they really they, – they started out that game like gangbusters again, and I think – they just weren't able to do enough offensively once the Chiefs, because the Chiefs have looked like the Chiefs the last two weeks. I know they didn't put up 50-something points this week, but that's because Tennessee was much better defensively. Ho-hum 35. (laughs) Yeah, but but it was still, I mean, the last, one of those last touchdowns was they were kind of just going, they were selling out to get a stop, and Mahomes gets out of the pocket against a blitz and then throws a ball 67 yards on a rope. Insane, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like, ugh, what are you going to do? Um, but the Chiefs have looked like the Chiefs. Tennessee, they just ran out of steam. I mean, I think I think they got away from running with Derrick Henry uh, too soon in that game, and it was still close. But the the biggest play of that game, that game really turned that Mahomes touchdown run. I mean, it goes from, you know, maybe the Chiefs tie the game with a field goal and you feel really good about yourself as Kansas City, if you're uh, Tennessee, rather. Instead, you know, Mahomes tiptoes down the sideline, cuts the inside. Yeah. 50-yard touchdown run. They're leading at the half. And it's kind of like, even though there was so much of the game left, you knew uh, Tennessee, it's on the fringe now. Can they stick to their game plan of running the ball? And they really couldn't. And to their credit, the Chiefs bucked up and stopped Derrick Henry early enough when they needed to to make the Chiefs uh to make the Titans feel like yeah we really can't just go to that now we got to put it on the in on the in the hands and on the arm of Ryan Tannehill and I thought he played well there's just they don't have enough weapons to make enough plays really yeah I mean just just looking at it Derrick Henry what he was doing like 34 rushes for 200 something yards it's not sustainable throughout and you kind of saw that so and to be fair, Ryan Tannehill didn't play that bad. He was like 21 of 31, 200 yards, no picks, two touchdowns, so pretty good. What was his quarterback rating? Uh, 74. 74? Not too, not terrible. Not, not, you know, not, not, not Mahomes. Not Mark Sanchez level bad. No, no. Not, not uh, Baker Mayfield level bad. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, not not enough. I mean, he led the league in pass rating this year, so you needed that guy. You yeah. needed him to be to get three hundred something yards and like three touchdowns to be able to beat the Chiefs in, in Kansas City. And I feel like Derrick Henry kind of ran out, ran out of steam. I think that like like you mentioned, they got away from it a little bit, but. 19 carries, 1,600 yards, not what he was doing the last two weeks. They didn't have the same momentum with him carrying the ball. And credit to the Chiefs' defense. They really they stuck their nose in there and, and made some good plays on him. Um, but I think right now you're seeing this Chiefs team is just fully healthy. And looking at the, at the defense, one of the key pickups for them was Tyron Matthew. He's been huge for their back end All, on and, defense. And, 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 Back end, but he also coming up yeah. in support. I mean, he's all over the field, which he, he has been. He has been lights out, and he made some stick on a guy. They threw a little out into the flat, and he came up and just trucked him. Um, guy was definitely bigger than him. I can't remember who it was for the uh, maybe Corey Davis, but um, and I, I think we can finally say Mahomes is healthy fully. Like even going back to the Patriots game, yeah. He wasn't running around, but now he is just full-fledged Patrick Mahomes. And also the money's on the table now. Yeah. You know, regular season game, maybe he doesn't go, you know, all out to try and get into the end zone on that on that run. You know, he doesn't sacrifice the body as much. Chips are down. You know? Yeah. So, and, and I think, you know, especially with how motivated that team, maybe specifically Mahomes was after being the MVP last year and then not, you know, getting to the Super Bowl, losing at home, they wanted to make amends. So bad. The only the only thing I really didn't like uh, coming out of that game was Travis Kelsey. I hate him. God, is he a tool? T o o l. Oh my God. He yeah. He's like right now. You'd love him if he's on your team, hundred percent. But oh God, he's kind of insufferable. He, he and he and Kyrie are on my like least favorite athletes right now. They're just both. Oh my God, unbearable. You want fat heads of them on punching bags? Yes, kind of. Yeah, and I mean. No, because it would beat the crap out of me if it was, you know, actually. But, <laughs> uh, God, is he a tool? He's hard. Like, Mahomes is, is like, he seems like a relatively humble guy. I don't know. You could bad, distract Kyrie with, like, a time crystal or something. I know, seriously. Some yeah. existential, pose an something existential weird. question. Put the Illuminati up there and he'll get all sidetracked. Yeah. yeah. Flat earther. Yeah, two of uh, two of the biggest tools in, in sports right now. Um, here's a quick question while we're still uh, on the NFL. And... um little tease uh we are going to do a deep dive uh into the Patriots salary cap situation it's not good folks um that's your tease um but a short question to tie into that before we get to it who would you rather be next season with rosters as currently constituted and at least somewhat of an idea of outlook the New England Patriots or the Tennessee Titans Titans. Why? Uh, Because you can go out and sign Tom Brady and maybe, you know, maybe make it work with Derrick Henry and then he got something. Uh, I think their one, their one problem is the court. Like Tannehill is not bad, but he was, he is what he is. I don't think he's going to, you know, be some world beater all of a sudden now. He sucked in Miami and he, he was pretty good for Tennessee, but ultimately not enough. If you had Tom Brady on that team, they'd be pretty good. They need a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. And one more weapon on offense. One more. Like a receiver, a slot guy. It would be easier to fit into the uh, cap situation. Yes. The Titan, shall we say? The Titans have a much better situation. I agree with you. Like, if, if, you know, if that's their path, if they could get Tom Brady and just add 
a weapon and then continue to build with the draft. I mean, Vrabel set up really, really well yeah. uh, with that team. Um, the Patriots, um, their road is a little tougher. Uh, they're going to have to negotiate and massage the numbers. Uh, that's why Bill gets paid the big bucks. Um, we'll get into that after we finish with our NFL thoughts. Um, that's the lead this week so far. Um, you know, major storylines. Um, in case you didn't know, um, the Pro Bowl is this weekend. Woohoo! One, um, one of the most, uh, you know, it's gotten a little bit better, but I still don't really watch it. I, I liked when they mixed it up. And you, it, it wasn't like one conference against the other, so you could get Larry Fitzgerald playing with yeah, like Peyton that's... Manning. You could get some of those cool, you know, matchups. You could get teammates facing each other, um, which is really cool. You could get that sort of stuff. Um, the the Pro Bowl. I mean, when I remember watching as a kid, there used to always be a moment like somewhere in the third quarter. You know, guys are they're kind of playing thud. They're not really hitting too hard. Guys are going down easy. Did you just say you remember watching the Pro Bowl? Yes. No. This is a distinct memory from two thousand and six. Um, watching the Pro Bowl, and uh, it was just like you know, it was just a nothing. Game. I mean, when I'm a kid, right there, it's like, oh, it's a football game. I'm gonna watch a football yeah. game, right? Um, and I remember sh- the uh, the AFC ran a fake punt, and I don't remember who the punter is. His name escapes me, but he he's running up the right sideline. He like just gets the first down, but he doesn't step out. He stays in bounds, and Sean Taylor came flying up and annihilated him. In the Pro Bowl, he didn't come up and push him out of bounds. He didn't come up and like tackle him to the ground. He came up and decleated him <laughs> in the Pro Bowl, which one speaks to the type of player that Sean Taylor was. Oh, you yeah. know, rest in peace. You know, one of the most uh, an incredible athlete and a playmaker, and just one of the hardest hitters uh, I ever you know I can remember watching. But that's in the Pro Bowl. You know, these guys is mostly just out there for fun. And there was always a moment like that. I remember after that, like that was like early, like midway through the third quarter, I think. And it was like, all right. And everybody, you can see, all right, we're actually going to buckle up the chin straps now. (laughs) I guess we're actually playing now. Here we go. Um, And so there was always that kind of, that same thing happens in like the NBA all-star game. You know, it's kind of like loosey-goosey guys aren't playing defense. And then, you know, if somebody gives a hard fall or it's, you know, later in the game, they start playing defense again, you know, in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, so I'm cool with it. I'm glad they brought back some of the skills challenges and stuff. They are, though, this week, if you didn't know, they're going to test out some new rules um, in the preseason. And one of them has to do with false starts, which. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. I'm, I'm not as excited. About I'm, not hold, I'm not holding my breath on that one. But. I am excited about the kickoff rule. And I've been on this for a while since Greg Schiano proposed it um, maybe like five, six years ago. And here, here, here was Shiano's proposal, and here's what they're going to experiment with on Sunday. I think it's worth the watch to see how it actually goes down. So currently right now, everybody knows you score a touchdown, you can go for one or you can go for two, and then you kick off. And you can attempt an onside kick if you want. Ball has to go 10 yards, and you can recover it. The way they've changed the rules, it's almost impossible to recover onside kicks unless you're the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and the league has wanted to maybe change that play. And for years, Greg Schiano was on changing kickoffs in general. They've been trying to like, you know, strip the kickoff to make it less dangerous. But it's when you have two teams that are running the length of the field at each other, it's hard not to make that play dangerous. And they've tried with, Oh, the ball can just touch the the end zone and it's dead. Um, Oh, kickoff touchbacks come out to the 25 trying to incentivize touchbacks teams taking the touchback. Well, 
kickoff teams will just pooch it to the one yard line now. You still have returns. And half the guys that get injured are the guys blocking. And yeah. if the ball's kicked high, sometimes they they're engaged blocking before there's ever a touchback or a fair catch. So the risk of those injuries um, is still there. Shiano's proposal was this. You score a touchdown, you go for your extra point, you go for you know, you kick for one, you go for two, whatever. Then you have the ball at your own 25-yard line. It is fourth and 15. You can go for it to keep the ball, or you punt, which is what most teams would do. And a punt is way safer than a kickoff because both teams start at the line of scrimmage. You don't have guys running the length of the field at each other. And punts in general, punt returns are more dynamic and exciting. Guys are kind of zigzagging around the field and dodging blockers, whereas a kickoff is usually like, a guy runs straight, he makes one cut. If he gets loose, he's gone. If not, yeah, he's tackled. You know, they're not it, the kickoff's an exciting play, but when you really look at it, um, John Boyce uh, did a really great video uh, on YouTube about why kickoffs suck, um, and he broke down every single kickoff return from like a single season, and he charted them with like how, the paths, and the paths were like straight, one cut, gone, straight. Whereas like Devin Hester's kick all of his career like punt returns were these crazy zigzagging back and forth. It's just a more exciting play, um, and the odds of converting fourth and fifteen um, are basically around what the old odds of recovering an onside kick would have been. You know when you could overload one side and guys could really go after it. Here's some numbers for you: in 2017, uh, percentage was 21 percent recovered. In 2018-19, it dropped all the way to. Five or six percent. So it's a non-play. Yeah, and, and, and even those numbers are probably jacked up because of that kicker for the Falcons who made three in one game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so it's become like like you just said. It's it's like a nothing play, pretty much. You almost have no chance of recovering. It's not exciting. You'd increase the odds of comebacks now, which How, which which I think would keep yeah. keep people tuned to games. Oh, you know, it's God. It's already like twenty-one nothing. I'm tuning out. I was ready to tune out of that NFC Championship game. I was like, this game's over. But if you're telling me Aaron Rodgers just has to make 4th and 15 to keep the ball, eh, no, that I'll pay attention now. The game's not over until it's really over. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like it gives you more of a chance, right? So you're putting the ball in probably your best player's hands on most teams, a quarterback, and let him make a play and see what happens. So the kick is, I feel like every onside kick I see now is like, oh, one bounce, into the receiving team's arms, that's it. Nothing play. They start at the 48, yeah. right? So it's pretty much a nothing play. So why not explore something and see what they see what they get from it? Yeah, and they're going to modify Shiano's rule. They're going to have it be where you can opt to go for the 4th or 15, but you can still elect to just kick it. This is what they've made it sound like. It's not going to – you could still just kick it deep normally. Um which, if you're trying to make the game safer, just go all in. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, right. You know, I like Shiano's idea of you know you could punt in that situation, which will be crazy. Like, are they going to be allowed to do that? Do you, if you line up to go for it on offense, you have to you have to go for it? Um, is it going to be cheesy when like, uh, you know, a, a ticky tack foul call gives gives a team an extra possession? I mean, that's that's yeah. when I think it would be difficult. You know, maybe in that situation, you say, hey, it's fourth and fifteen. You know, there's no automatic first downs on penalties other than personal fouls. Yeah. Something, you know, you'd, you'd have to explore, which is good. I'm, they're going to test it out. You're going to have to, there'll be there'll be kinks to be worked out. I hope they institute it for the preseason. Play the whole preseason with it. Really yeah, I mean, get a good sample size and kind of work out whatever wrinkles it could present you. 
Yeah, and see where it goes from there. Why not? Why not just give it a go? I mean, they rejected it initially when it was it was proposed at the thirty-five, and now it's back to the twenty-five. So, I don't know, fourth and four, fifteen. Why not? I explore it, see how it goes in the Pro Bowl. See if I'm assuming they'll use it at least a couple times. See what happens. I think it's uh, I think it's a better option than you know what you're doing now. So, explore your options. See where it goes. Uh, last bit of other major NFL news. We have some. Uh, if you're not a player in the NFL, can news about you be considered NFL news? Hold that thought. Uh, actual NFL news. Uh, Eli Manning is going to announce his retirement. Um, and all the discussion has started now about whether or not he is a hall of fame quarterback. Um, I imagine Christian, you have some strong feelings on this, so I will let you go first. And yeah, I'll see what you say. And if you say everything that I was going to say, then groovy. So here's where I'm at with Eli. He had balls. He played well in big games. But other than that, uh, he's a tough case for the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. I don't know. Like the, the two, maybe I'm a little biased as a, as a Patriots fan, but he played, he was nails in the 07 Super Bowl. He was. Uh, pretty good, not great in eleven, and outside of that, two thousand five, one round loss, two thousand six, one round loss, two thousand eight, one round loss, two thousand sixteen, one round loss. He was one seventeen wins, one seventeen losses. Out of I, I just, I have he, a hard. He never time. made an All Pro team. His own peers never yeah. voted him one of the best two quarterbacks. Well. Uh, or best, do they do third team all pro? I don't think, or is it just first and second team? First and second, I think. Yeah. Um, so he never made an all pro team. Well, right. You look at him and it's like, was he ever a top five guy when he was playing? I don't think so. Right. He had so many up and down years where it was like, oh, here go the Giants, eight and eight. Led know? the league in picks three times. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as good as he was in, in uh, two oh, playoff seven. runs, he had two. Yeah. He's four and Which zero. We're very good in yeah. those, and and had to be on the road for all of those. It that's yeah. impressive, but I don't know if that's if if he just if he only had like a seven eight year career and like hey he had two runs he was you know over in those other rounds but you know hey look at those two years he had sure he was around long enough to where I feel like he should have done more or at the very least his stats should be better. I think if he yeah. if he didn't have like all the interceptions and if he had maybe made like one all pro team like he was never in the con- I mean maybe 2008 he was kind of in the conversation for MVP um because of You want to hear his, his, how uh, well they started that year but you want to hear his 2008 uh, playoff stats that I'll give you a hint it was not good 15 to 29 51 completion percentage 169 yards two picks and I don't know he was just too much of he had two games. Outside of those two games, I don't really remember what... I'd say he had two throws. That's Yeah, that's fair. I think in, in 2007, that Super Bowl, he was very, very good in that game. Um, no, I take that back. 07, he was shaky. He had the one throw to Tyree. 11, he was very good in that game. Against the, against the 32nd-ranked defense. Yeah. Against, against Julian Edelman and Antoine Molden. Those were your corners. 
Julian Edelman was playing corner. He was covering Victor Cruz I'll, in the Super Bowl. I'll do you one better. How about, uh, who was it? Hobbs? Uh, Ellis Hobbs. Uh, Plaxico Burris. That's a good matchup. Eh? That was that was her, her, horrific coaching. I still to this day am furious about leaving him on, leaving him on an island with that guy. Yeah. You knew he was hurt, and you blitzed all out. Um, Rodney Harrison is still furious about that, even yeah. with his great friend Junior Seau, um, who, and again, you know, another R.I.P. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rodney Harrison has said he's still mad to this day because he wanted Seau to check out of that be. call. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't want to bring all out heat there with with leaving Ellis Island. <laughs> yeah, not a good island to be on. There's Revis everyone's island. welcome. Everyone's <laughs> yeah, welcome at Ellis true. Island. Yeah. There's there's Revis Island and then there's Ellis Island. I'll let you figure out which one's better. Uh, but just one quick note. So I will say Eli will get in. I'll preface that. But do I think he should be in? I'm. I feel like I'm like seventy thirty. No, honestly. Yeah. I, it all depends on what you want the Hall of Fame to be. And this is what Deion Sanders had to say about it. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is not what it used to be. Honestly, I'm not so sure what being a Hall of Famer means anymore. Football immortality used to be reserved for players who redefined their position, made a big impact on the game, or dominated their position for a period of time. The way the Hall is trending now, Eli will get in most likely because he won two Super Bowls. It won't be because he embodied any of those three points while in the league. It is what it is, man. I think that's it. I mean, I think it depends on what do you want the Hall of... Do you want it to be the Hall of Very Good? Do you want it to be the, the Hall of Sentimentality? Or do you want it to be the Hall of Fame? You can certainly... I'm sure, like, the the Game Ball or the Eli's gloves, you know, there are plaques, you know, Tyree's helmet. Like, there's things in the Hall of Fame front that, that can commemorate and honor. You could honor that team. There could be a wing somewhere, the team, the, the Giants that took down the Patriots, you know. When when in the Hall of Fames have tons of exhibits on all sorts of different things, um, if you're gonna put Eli in, you know who in in there's no way he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, especially who, who? Eli. I, I think he'll get in the first ballot. I do. Well, he's gonna have to because the guys that are gonna be coming down the pipe afterwards, like he's gonna be starting to go up against his brother. He's gonna have to be going up against Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Roethlisberger. Who knows what the legacy will be of Matt Ryan or yeah, um, even a guy like Cam Newton, um, like an M- he was an he's an MVP. He redefined. He started to redefine. The, I mean, there's there's gonna be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of quarterbacks in this era uh, coming down the pipe. Um, so he better get in early, or else it could be a long time. But if he does get in, as a Patriots fan, I'm gonna use it to my advantage. Because then Julian Edelman should absolutely 100% be in the Hall of Fame for what he did in the postseason. You could definitely make and I'd case, say Edelman's yeah. postseason uh, career and track record way greater than Eli's. Uh, well, yeah, Edelman is nails in the postseason. Just, yeah, he's insane. And I think that's a fair argument. I think you could make the case because, I mean, like I said, personally, like Eli, Kurt, Kurt Warner only got in because of one Super Bowl that's run. That's true, yeah. And but but you have like Drew Brees is an he's a Hall of Famer right? But look at the body of work right? He, he, so many years he only has the one Super Bowl, but he's just you know he kind of he changed the position like Deion Sanders said yeah you know and Kurt Warner did that too I mean the yeah. greatest show on turf kind of catapulted what the modern offense looks like. So you know f- I mean final thought to me no he will get in. Um, one way or another, I think it's probably, he's probably going to be a first ballot just because of those two wins. 
But outside of that, he didn't do enough for me to say automatic, no brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. I just don't think. I just don't think so. All right, we're going to transition now uh, to some strictly Patriots talk, uh, and I'm I'm going to make all of you very depressed. And uh, I I would say, Christian, this is one of those rare moments where I'm actually pretty uh, uh, not optimistic about the Patriots' outlook. So I saved everyone a lot of work, um, and I made a spreadsheet. On it, I have the Patriots' 2020, their current unrestricted free agents, and their salaries from last season. Um, I have what the Patriots' salary cap is going to be this year, and I have what current contracts they have on the books. Um, There's some wiggle room there with Brady, and we'll get into that. Um, Then I have... Projected salaries for all the Patriots draft picks and projected draft picks. It hasn't been announced yet. They're going to be getting compensatory picks probably uh, for some guys who left last year, like Trey Flowers, etc. Um, to save you the, uh, the time and headache on that, let's just assume that the Patriots draft all of their players and they sign all of them to deals. Um, they have a first rounder, three thirds, a fourth, four sixths, and three sevenths. Projected salaries for all those guys that they kept all of those players they drafted and kept all those picks is just over $15 million. And spoiler based on previous years, they're all going to (laughs) suck. So $15 million. Boom. Already on the books. Um, If Brady were to leave right now, they have to absorb $13 million of dead money because of that, you know, void year deal they made with him. And so his, those years go on the books and you have 162 million and change dollars in current Patriots contracts. That leaves you, folks, a grand total of 26 million dollars, 26 million 831 dollars, and a six dollar. I guess there at the end, that's a six, not a zero. Um, almost 27 million dollars. Christian, I'm going to say some names, and. You're going to tell me whether you want them on the Patriots or not next year. So we'll start. We'll we'll start. We'll leave Tom Brady out for now. Okay. Let's say that he. Let's assume that Brady has left, which is what this cap figure right now is giving us. That's the twenty-seven million. Uh, do you want Devin McCourty on the team next year? No doubt. Okay. Do you want Kyle Van Noy? He's going to make too much money, so I. I... Yes, but I will say no because he's going to get paid somewhere else. Okay. Do you want Matthew Slater, who's already said he wants to come back? No doubt. Okay. Do you want Philip Dorsett? See ya. Okay. Do you want Nate Ebner? Not, no. Do you want Jamie Collins? Probably not. Do you want Danny Shelton? Yeah, I think he could get him at a reasonable price. Do you want Nick Folk back? Here's the caveat. Guskowski is under contract for this year. You can save some money by cutting him. So you'd need a kicker. You could get folk probably cheap again. Or are you going to roll with Guskowski at $4 million? Yeah, I'll say uh, folk is gone. And pending Guskowski's house, he'll be back at a low number. Marshall Newhouse. Justin Bethel. Uh, You know what? He was actually pretty good. If you can get him at at a good low... 1.5, 1.5, 2 million bucks, sure. Okay. Do you want Joe Tooney? Uh, yes, but again, he's like similar to Van Noy. He's going to make too much money. He's gone. 
Okay. So, right now, you were actually very, you were very um, thoughtful about this. So, you've, Devin McCourty is going to make, if he, if he comes back and makes the same that he made last year, which is probably doubtful. I don't think he'd want to take the Patriots to yeah. the bank uh, again. Um, but let's just, for the sake of this argument, let's just say he gets another deal and he makes the same amount of money this year. Uh, he's going to make like $9.5 million. Matthew Slater, 2.6. Danny Shelton, about a mil. Um, Justin Bethel, um, he made $930,000. I'm assuming he'd probably make a little bit more than that to be a special teamer. Um, so you actually have $12 million in cap space. But that's it to go out and get a quarterback, any other weapons you might need in the free agent market. And so here's what I'll say, though. They're going to have to restructure some guys anyway. So I think that 12, you can stretch that 12 maybe to like 18, which still isn't a lot, but it's at least they're going to have to do a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean, you could front load someone like McCourty and give them like a ton of money right up. Because you're you're losing two of your best linebackers. You're losing Collins and Van Noy. So unless you're drafting guys who are going to take those spots, but then the Patriots potentially could go from having the oldest roster in the league, which they had last year. Even if you took Brady off, they're still the oldest roster in the league um, to the youngest. I think you have fillers there. So Jawan Bentley is not Kyle Van Noy or Jamie Collins, but um, he's good in run situations. You have uh, Winovich that can come in on, on certain downs, and maybe he'll take on more of a role if they lose some of those guys. And Lyndon Roberts is your classic, you know, middle linebacker, run stop kind of guy. Um, and then you got draft picks, which are already way less than Van Noy and, you know, guys like Van Noy, Tooney. These guys are going to get. So you might be okay, but you are going to take a hit in terms of talent for a return of young players, your depth pieces moving into more of a prominent role, and you're going to have a little bit less money than you'd probably like to add some weapons, I would guess. Okay. Um, Let's play the game now where Brady stays. Signs a new deal. You can kind of keep pushing around that dead cap money. You you could sign another void year deal, and they can just kind of keep pushing the cart down the road and eventually absorb a monstrous salary cap. Just bullet. Yeah. Um, But let's play that game. Um, Patriots would have $148 million of salaries on their books brady's going to negotiate you have that 15 million um so you have your cap space you want to i'm going to assume you want to keep all those same guys that you named before already yeah right um so since we're going to be making up numbers now um let's say devin mccordy restruct you know signs a new deal what are you willing to pay him what are you willing what to was pay? he making now he made 9.5 million dollars last so year so it's not going to be that i think it's pretty comparable maybe seven and a half if they wanted to do like a nine it would have to be structured in a certain way but i think between seven and eight million probably all right so we'll we'll go seven um all those other guys their contracts are kind of pretty much what you'd expect um you have 28 million dollars now to sign brady and then go off and get things what are you willing to offer tom brady as a contract. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, Cause even if you give him bonuses, anything, there has to be a hard salary and any yeah. bonuses that are equated to this year, get charged to this year. If you put it in those dead years, 
eventually all that money all at once goes It'll on the books. Up. Yeah. And that could catch up real quick. That's why a lot of teams don't do it. It's, it's a very unique situation. So you're going to want to give him a chunk this year uh, in regular bonuses and in salary um, to avoid having just this massive amount of dead money hanging over your head. Um, um, the Patriots can't pay him top of the market. If Brady wants top no. of the market, I'm sorry, he's gone. I would say 22 million bucks. And that might even be overshooting it because I don't think Bill wants to give him 22 million. Congratulations. You now have $6 million to surround Tom Brady with weapons. All right. So we can go ahead and um, wa- take the season as a wash. You have $6 million to replace Joe Tooney uh, if you can't replace him in the draft. The- Basically, what this year is going to come down to. They cannot go. They can't keep Brady unless he takes a massive pay cut. Um, like legitimately, like he made twenty three million dollars last year. Yeah. Um, they could they could give him more money in dead years. Um, like Brady's gonna get paid. Um, but if you if he wants twenty million dollars, let's just let's not even say twenty two. Let's let's just change this to twenty. You want you want to give. Him twenty million. You have eight point two million dollars. This Patriots team this coming year, if they keep Brady, is going to be reliant, reliant on the draft class. Yep, because you're. Gonna this have is to the fill. most yeah. important draft for the Patriots' future in in recent memory. And let me tell you, the recent track record is not good right now. So they this year, regardless of Brady, Tooney. And Vinoy, I think, are gone. They're going to make too much money on the open market. So you have to – I I don't know if you go get a left tackle and move win inside, um, but you're going to have to use some filler here with draft picks this year. And I tell you what, they better hit on a couple of them because if not, they're going to be in trouble for this year and maybe a couple. But, you know, if you have – if Brady's not here, you have more room to go get guys on the open market that will make less than Vinoy, but are comparable to that play style in Belichick's system. Yeah, and Bill has a track record of finding these guys. I mean, he found Vinoy on the basically like the practice squad third team in Detroit. Yeah, right. What did he get for him? Like seventh sixth, round pick. Seventh round. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a seventh or maybe a fifth at the most. Which, um, if, if Brady were to leave, um, <laughs> these are your free agent quarterbacks who are available. Currently, Drew Brees, but there's no way he's leaving New Orleans. No, because if you're not paying, well, also if you're not paying Brady what he's going to get, you're not paying Brees because yeah. he's going to make more. Um, Eli Manning's retiring. Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Chase Daniel, Case Keenum, Chad Henney, Drew Stanton. Colt McCoy, Nate Sudfield, Sudfeld, A.J. McCarron, Ryan Tannehill, led the league in pass rating, uh, Josh McCown, Trevor Simeon, Mike Glennon, Brett Hudley, Blaine Gabbert, Matt Moore, Joe Webb, Blake Bortles. So you got you got to Dak Prescott way yeah. at the bottom because yeah. he only made six hundred and eighty thousand dollars last year. That man going to get paid. Yeah, he's going to get a massive deal, probably with Dallas. But 
So after between Rivers and Br- Prescott, all you all I heard or was crap, 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 crap. I, t- crap, I take crap, Bridgewater. Crap. Yeah, he's not bad. He'll make less money than those guys for sure. Um, but really, if if Brady leaves, do not spend money on a quarterback. Here, here's what I'll, I'll Please, say: Please, for the love of God, just no. Pl- roll with Stidham. At, at that point, I think you you draft another guy. Maybe if Tua drops to you at twenty three, you you take him, take a flyer on him or something. But I think you you roll with Stidham, you either draft another backup or you go with someone like, you know, AJ McCarron as a backup. You're not you're not shelling out money if Brady leaves for that position when you're looking at guys like I don't know, Mariota, Tannehill, Dalton, like guys like it's just not gonna happen. It doesn't make any sense to do that. So um I would say if Brady's gone, you're rolling with Stidham or you're getting some guy like McCarron. That's your options, really. So if if you want to stay within reason and have room to do stuff like you're going to have to fill some holes on defense and special teams and stuff like that. If Bill's looking at this roster, I think Bill would really want to just move on. I think Bill would want to move on to just for the, for the sake of the team, what's best for the T E A M team. Yeah. Uh, I think he would want to just move on. It makes the most sense financially unless Brady comes to the table and says, listen, listen, I just want three years. Give me a three-year contract. Pay me ten million dollars a year. I, I just, I really want to play three more years. I just want the guarantee in the years. Now you're talking because I still think you can win another Super Bowl with Brady, and yeah. then you have the opportunity to surround him with weapons. If he comes to the table and wants three years, seventy-five million dollars, fully guaranteed. See ya. <laughs> well, I also don't. I think they're on opposite terms. Like Brady, I don't think care, cares about the money as much as he does the years. Bill, I think, wants to go year to year and give him less money. So <laughs> yeah, totally. So I I don't know how it works. The only way I think I think Bill will cave is if Brady comes in at a low number for a year, maybe two, but I don't see that happening. I mean, he's he's forty two, forty three. How many years do you really want to invest in him? beyond this year like i think he's still at a top 10 level quarterback but you can't invest three years in obscene amounts of money they need the money to give him weapons if you're gonna roll with brady you gotta give him weapons we saw that this year i think Nikhil harry will be better um i think maybe you could expect jacoby myers to be better uh next year edelman healthy they should have an actual tight end on the roster um but they're gonna need the money to go get those guys um I can actually tell you right now who the free agent tight ends are going to be. Um, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> uh, Eric Ebron. Vernon Davis, who's a shell. Jason Winton, he's not leaving. Tyler Eifert. Uh, Garrett Selleck. Mercedes Lewis. Charles Clay. Hunter Henry, but again, he's going to get paid. Yeah. Um, Darren Fells. Lance Kendricks. All of this. Even, let's let's scroll, scroll down to the bottom of this list. Who's at the very... Uh, bottom of this list currently uh wow austin hooper is only making eight hundred and three thousand dollars that's a that's a steal he well <laughs> he only made that last year he's gonna get paid yeah um nick vanette i mean a, a, a guy who was the third string tight end on pittsburgh is gonna is way better is an upgrade <laughs> over a what guy the Patriots like, is vance year. mcdonald up a guy like him might be intriguing him, Ebron, you know, Eifert, even maybe at a low, lower number, guys like that might be pretty intriguing if you're gonna if you want to talk tight ends. Tight ends, 
is a big necessity. There's no doubt about it. They need Gronk kind of screwed them last year into losing out on the free. They're not going to let that happen. They're going to go get a guy in the draft or they got to go sign somebody. McDonald isn't up until 2022. So maybe you could get him on the cheap for a trip in some type of trade though. A guy like that. I don't know how much he's making. Uh, he is. Uh, his cap hit is $7 million. Hmm, that's still pretty hefty. Yeah. And if he got traded, the Steelers would assume a $1.4 million dead cap hit and money that they owe him. Because they, they, they restructured his deal um, a couple of times. They kind of finagled it around. So maybe that's out of the question. But someone like that, I think, is what they're going to go after if they can get someone on, like, you know, maybe three, three and a half million. But I don't know who you're going to get for that. Probably a, that's another position they're going to have to go through the draft, uh, I think. In, in that area right now, I mean, guys who made around that last year were Eifert, Garrett Selleck, Mercedes Lewis, Charles Clay. I mean, Hunter Henry made that, but he's going to be getting more. Significant. Um, significantly more, yeah. Yeah. it's uh, The draft is going to be the most important part of the Patriots season next year. Uh, that, that, that's our takeaway here. Um, moving on from uh, the Pats, uh, we'll hit quickly on the Bruins, who continue to frustrate in that they either are blowing leads, um, they're having hellacious shootout experiences. Um, I don't know what to make of them. I feel like they got something wrong in between their ears. I mean, it's one thing to lose games, but like you're up three nothing and then you blow it to Pittsburgh. And I know Pittsburgh's a good team, but I just see some some of that like just choking. Like I don't. I mean, I. I don't think that that team's too experienced to like not be mentally tough, but I feel like they're still fighting it. And this is kind of going on a month now of this fighting it trend of blowing late leads or blowing early leads, not finishing games. Um, at this point, you're far removed from the start they had and what they are now is kind of what they yeah. are, which is a, a very good team that is just building this bad habit of losing games. And all it's doing is, is helping reinforce other teams to just not be afraid of you. Hey, the Bruins are up before nothing on us. So what? They blow games all the time. Let's keep fighting, boys. Like, you know, it's just, it's not a good habit that they've built right now. No, but you know what I'll say? They came out of, don't forget, they went on a deep run last year and almost won the Stanley Cup. So they went, uh, they had a long season, and I thought this year they were going to come out and just get crushed right out of the gate and go down in the standings a bit. So they played like a Instead, bag of cats on fire. Yeah, they played the opposite. So now I think you're you're seeing some of this stretch where it's been a little bit in between where uh, win three, terrible loss, terrible shootout loss, lose seven overtime games, stuff like that. But they're on a break now for like, I don't know, nine, 10, 11 days or something crazy like that for the all-star break. And I think they'll kind of get a refresher here. They still have 70 freaking points, which is insane. Now They're still fine in terms of yeah. the standings, but the standings mean nothing. I think I think once you get into the later stages of the season with their experience and everything, I'm not worried about the the go up three, come back. You know, they'll tighten things up as you get further along in the season. And I also think there is help on the way um, for that Krejci line, which means uh, most likely... Heinen or Bjork will move somewhere else. So I think there's help on the way. They seem like they're they're kind of creating a way for that to happen. 
Um, maybe Chris Kreider is a name that keeps popping up, and he's the biggest name right now. So The, the Rangers are going to want a lot. Not a lot, but they're going to want... It's going to be a first-round pick. They, they're sure. going to want a, a good price for him. And that, a deal like that is literally going to be done uh, unless a team comes at them really heavy, like as the deadline approaches. He's not going to be moved until literally 4 o'clock on February 24th. Yeah, and I think you're, you're looking probably at maybe a prospect to maybe a guy from the current roster. I don't think Sweeney wants to do that, but Darth Vlada. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, Kreider is a guy that intrigues me. Number one, he's a little bit younger. I think he's like 29. I want to say, and he's a 20 goal guy. I think he could help that line. He's got a little bit of uh sturdiness and toughness to him. And uh, that would be a good pickup just for a little preview. But the, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried yet. You know, if they keep this skid going through and through until the playoffs, then maybe a little, uh, I'll be a little bit more concerned. I just think the the delayed start came a little bit later, and they're just hit, they just hit a rut a little bit. I don't, I'm not too worried yet. Okay. Um, briefly, uh, no more news uh, on the Red Sox uh, in terms of a manager, in terms of any punishment. Now, an article did come out. Uh, the Wall Street Journal had an article discussing about how. Basically, Manfred bargained with the players. Um, you know, they, they levied the blame on the players and then didn't punish any players. And that was because they kind of negotiated a deal. Listen, you guys tell us the truth and we won't suspend you guys. Um, whether or not that's the right move down the line, you know, to, you know, in, in the long run, I don't know. Um, but it seems like there will be no player punishment for this sign stealing scandal. Um, they came down hard on the guys who are, you know, kind of the ringleaders, the guys who were at least are accountable, um, at the tops of the organizations for it. So you can kind of say you, you've set the tone that systemically we don't want this to happen. And the guys at the top are going to roll if it does. And so you prevent it from happening going forward that way. They're not going to vacate any titles, um, to tie it in specifically to the Red Sox though. Um, they still haven't hired a manager. Um, how have they not nothing? There's been no news on this either. No, there was news. Dustin Pedroia is probably going to retire. Yeah. Oh boy. Sam Kennedy talked about this, you know? Yeah. He, he I, I was just, asked about if, if Pedroia could be a manager. If they're going that route, I'm not going to be happy. Now, how many games are you going to watch this year? Anyways, Christian, uh, depends if they get into the postseason or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoken like a new age Boston sports fan. You so know, honestly, it's just, the only time I really pay attention to baseball, unfortunately, because the sport at one point I I just I loved, but it's just gotten so slow and the pace of play is just too much. Who can sit and watch? I'll listen. Four hours. It's just I have them on the radio at the beach yeah. in the car. Don't get that thing on here. Um, but it's impossible. It's insufferable. It's to background sit and watch. That's yeah. that's literally what it is, and I just I can't sit there for three and a half hours and. Yeah. into like 2 a.m. when I have I'm not going to subscribe to Spotify when I get Nesson for free at home. True. Very true. I just want some background at a party. You know, so I uh, I don't know what they're going to do. If Pedroy is it, then I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that There's got to be odds somewhere. Oh, look look up right now. See if there's odds on who the next Red Sox manager is going to be. I want to see what that list is. And I want to know if Bobby Valentine is on it, way down at the bottom, you know. Plus nine million <laughs> to get Bobby V as the next manager. Let's see if we can find anything here. It, it, it doesn't have to even be from a reputable 
um, it could be gambling. Uh, Ron Renneke. Wow, that would be a uh, stunner. Stunning move. Bench coach moves over. Nothing to see here. I honestly, there's not really much on it from Vegas Insider, but um, I would say my guess is going to be some no name or someone like Pedroia. But oh, although yeah, let, well, let me see. It looks like Veritech was given the. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I got it from Bet Online. Veritech is a three to one. He has the highest odds, three to one. Uh, Hensley Mullins, who is a <laughs> seven to two. Mark Kotze is a five to one. Carlos Feblas is a six to one. Eduardo Perez. Oh, I, like, I, I got. I got a good one down at the bottom of this list. Fifty to Big one. Big Poppy. Big Poppy. You know who intrigues me? This Brad, is my effing theme. <laughs> uh, Brad Osmus might. I, he is not going to be near this job, I don't think. But that's a, kind of a name that intrigues me. I'll tell you, if they hire uh, Ron Renneke, just move him over, the season's over. <laughs> it's over. He's been a journeyman bench coach his whole entire time. Christian the, calling uh, it now. The season is over. Um Christian, speaking uh, of seasons being over, let's move to the Celtics. <laughs> Christian had declared that if the Celtics lost to the Lakers, that their season uh, well, was I, over. I didn't say it was. I said, I'm ready to start thinking. <laughs> oh, God, now. I'm ready to start, possibly, potentially think about maybe, maybe saying, articulating that it could be over. Here's where we can start with this. Instead, the Celtics absolutely annihilate both the Lakers yeah. and, more importantly, the Memphis Grizzlies last exactly. night, they put up, I mean, they were one point shy last night, but they put up essentially 100 points by the third quarter in each of those games. Um, the biggest takeaway for me is the defense. That team will go as far as they defend and as how far as they commit to the defensive end because when they can get out and run, everybody on that team can shoot. They actually share the ball. You can see it. When they run, they win, and they were able to do that. Falling behind 8 nothing against the Lakers. They could have just turtled um, and gotten blown out with what the Lakers have talent-wise. But they fought back, and uh, the Lakers have some quit in them. Boy, whew, that team gave up. For the talent on that team, they gave in pretty easily. Yeah, because LeBron was too busy watching Bronny play his, uh, what, what is he, high school or he's something, travel? Ninth, or, ninth grade. Which, I mean, he's going to be good, but, like, He's got a game to Bron wasn't at the game, and Davis is coming off an injury. Now, that's not discrediting what the Celtics did because they put on a show. Now, let me start with this. It has to go both ways. You can't say the season no, could no, be over if no they way. lose. No way, because they came out. You know what? Like you mentioned, the game that's more impressive to me is the Memphis game. I'll get to that in a second, but let me just start with this. I and I alone am responsible for this two-game win streak. Let's just start there. It's all me. I said the season's over. They listened to the show, I'm guessing. I mean, Someone did. I put my lucky Celtics shirt on, though, for that game. So can I oh, get okay. a little bit all of it? Right. Yeah. I, I went all out. Underwear, slippers, undershirt, everything. Yeah. Lucky lucky Celtics swag. And, Lakers and toilet out. paper. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so the Lakers game was pretty good. Um, but can I just ask, like, where has this been? Now they've shown it in stretches. Yeah, they just really hadn't had they hadn't done it against the elite competition. Um, they they'd kind of sleepwalked in some of those games. Um, you know, I, they're in this weird phase where it's like they don't want to get too up for big games because they know it's just a it's just a regular season game. You don't want to get too up, but you also can't come out like flat and just play like it's any old game when you're playing like the Bucks. 
know, they could have beaten the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Instead, they played like turds. And Jalen Brown, can can I also say, can we get more than one game a week that all four got, all four of those wings are playing? I think Tatum's Man, out these, next. Yeah, yeah, Brown these, and Tatum are going to mix the next game. These injuries are becoming uh, kind of piling up on you. Um, but man, you know, that game was apparent right out of the gate. The Lakers, they went down eight, nothing. And then here they come. Hayward was aggressive right out of the shoot, which finally he, he showed some of that. Um, Tatum was awesome. Both, both ends of the floor more impressively. His defense this year has improved massively. Drastically. Yeah. He's, he's, when he's, when he chooses to be, he can be very, very active because of his length. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is his length. You know, you, you see guys do cross court passes and, here comes Smart, and he just misses the steal. And then guys like Tatum, he's so long that he just he reaches out, grabs that, and it's easy two points. And it happens time in and time out. Now, Marcus Smart was probably not the best example because he most of the time will dive all over the floor. <laughs> he had some sick plays yeah. last night. Uh, he's, his passes are insane right now. Now, I will say what worried me is him jacking up like four threes in the first minute and missing all four. But the other stuff is just like he's got that intangible thing that you just like, oh, here he comes, brick, brick. But he's then he makes six, six awesome He's plays. shooting better from three than James Harden is this year. James Harden shoots like 50 times a game. <laughs> but, you know. Went one for 17 the other night. I think this, you know, and I didn't hear anything about this. I don't know if you did. Uh, supposedly they had a meeting. Tommy was saying that on the I broadcast. hadn't heard any of that until Tommy mentioned it. Yeah. Which is typical, like, Tom Heinsohn probably wasn't even supposed to say it. Yeah, he probably wasn't. But yeah. he doesn't care. Uh, he's up. Yeah, this meeting they had. And I was like, really worked out some stuff. And I'm like, I would love to know more. I'm sure we will get more about what went down. Um, I think that's a sign of a good team. Um, And Tommy said that there's two different types of meetings. There's meetings where you you stand up and you point at each other and blame the other guy. This team doesn't have that vibe about it at all. Um, And Heinsohn said something like, it's another thing to have a meeting where you blame the other guy. It's another thing to put up film of yourself and explain where you went wrong and, and, and watch your mistakes. So I don't know whether that was players only. Did Brad initiate this? Um, you no. know, did, did <laughs> no, no shot. immediately. No, credit. are you kidding me? He, there's absolutely like, no, I, I refuse to believe it was probably guys like, you know, I refuse to believe. Yeah. I, I think it's more Kemba. Uh, honestly, I think that's the first guy that w- I would go to because you can just tell the difference. Like listening to him in post game, he's like, you know, these guys are my brothers, and we're working th- th- through things, and we're gonna work it out. Well, you know, I want success for these guys. Guy scores like eight points, and he's smiling, enjoying them. You look at last year, and w- I'll have a Kyrie moment coming up, but uh, <laughs> the 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 difference is night and day between the two. So that's immediately what I thought. He said meeting. I said it's probably like Kemba and you know Brown seems like a guy that kind of gets it. Um, the one thing that did not, uh, I didn't see any improvement in is the bench. That still worries me. That's the one. You encourage Stephen shortened his rotation against the Lakers, which was encouraging. That's encouraging because that just says yeah. that the coach is aware. I can't put these guys out here in this yeah. game. And I think in the short term. You don't, you know, it makes sense, right? You can use Wanamaker and these guys on a nightly basis in the middle of the regular season. Like they, did, like they did last night against Memphis. Yeah, I think you need another body that can score because come playoff time, there's gonna those games are going to be grinds and you're going to need another guy. You need a guy, and I've said this before, to play like a Kyle Korver role to shoot four, six from three in five minutes. Yeah. Off the bench. Yep. That is what you need. That is, you need a guy who can just jack up shot. If, if Carson Edwards, he got... 
I think it was awesome last night. Um, two things about the Memphis game. One, uh, they just started. A, they 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 reached another gear in that game because Memphis oh, yeah. is a very long, athletic team. Um, they did an excellent job on Ja Morant last night. Yeah. Um, it was a big night for NBA rookies. We'll get into that. Um, but they did a great job on on Morant. Um, they were kind of getting eaten up on the boards and and in the paint. But then they just started moving the ball. They started getting themselves open shots. The three was falling. And they ran completely away with that game, and it allowed the bench to play the entire fourth quarter. Yeah, which, which was I think not is bad. which is huge. And they didn't lose the lead. They didn't like go in there and give up a fifteen nothing or you know one of those seventeen to four runs. And it's like crap. Now we got to bring the starters back in to finish this thing. Um, they just basically played back and forth with with the Grizzlies. And I think a guy like Carson Edwards is so important because he is that guy. He's a spark yeah. plug guy who. Has been tearing it up recently. He's been back up in Maine playing there. Um, Which is good. Has had a couple of big games. Um, if he can... I don't want him to be their answer. Um, I think he can be. I don't know if he's ready yet. Maybe not this year. But, but that's a guy who can be that for you off the bench to just come in and fill it up and just be un- totally unconscious. You know, Tommy mentioned this too. It's all confidence with these young guys. They have, a, they have one of the most inexperienced teams in the league coming out at the beginning of the year. And a guy like Edwards, like you mentioned, I don't think he's ready. Maybe not this year, but if he keeps playing in the G League and playing well, it's it, you know it's obviously a different mindset when you go to the NBA game as opposed to the G League. But Tommy was mentioning the same thing: get this guy some confidence. Once he, I mean, we saw in the preseason. I mean, granted, it's just preseason, but he comes out and he he hits one three, then two, then three. He had like six in a row against the Cavs or something. <laughs> yeah, so it's it wasn't like. Oh, they left him open to shoot again. No, is like stepping back or dribbling into rhythm like 35 feet out. So I think, you know, going forward, you know, outside of just this year, I think he's a guy that could be like a Redick, a Corver off the bench, play 12 minutes and give you like 12 points or something like that. Efficient, efficient scoring. Yeah. And we mentioned this too. Um, the defense, especially last night, once they, they bared down, uh, I want to say maybe midway, maybe second quarter. Oh, it went from being like it was. They were down like six or seven, and then they were up twenty. Yeah, there was a stretch in that game where they outscored the Grizzlies like fifty-two to five, and they were getting good. They were getting good baskets, all good shots everywhere, and they were making plays on the defensive end, which is where it starts. You know, you hear guys say that, and it's kind of like that cliche. Uh, everything you know, defense wins championships, but it's true. And when they got going defensively, that's when their offense started to turn. They just they just blew doors. They, they can get out and run. I mean, Kemba can get to the hoop. Yeah, Tatum can get to the hoop. Brown can get to the hoop when you know when he's out there. Tatum can get to the rim. Uh, all those guys could also run the floor and get to the wings and shoot threes, um, or run to the wing, get the ball, cut inside. You saw the ball movement in both of those games. Yeah, really, really good. Actual ball guys moving off the ball without the ball. Um, it's just better. I mean, where, your eyes just watch it, and you're like, wow, that is a marked improvement compared to the way they played against the Pistons. Yeah, which was uh, two guys are out, Kemba's out, and Brown's out, and then Tatum ISO all the time, which does not really work as well as, man, when they're moving the ball, it's a thing of beauty, and they're re- they can really make it work. And both sides of the floor in the last two games have been excellent. You just got to, you know, you're not going to play like that every night, but there's got to be some some type of consistency with them. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Um, to stick with the NBA, um, I guess first I will I will let you um, relieve the pressure 
that has been building once again. It's kind of like a you know a, a weekly thing. We have to we have to vent some air here uh, so that your head doesn't explode. Uh, you have thirty seconds for a Kyrie rant. Go. Yeah, I just it's unbelievable listening to him talk. And let me tell I can't I'm so excited that he's gone because you listen to him and Kemba and it's just night and day between the two personalities like he's unbearable to listen to. He's blaming his teammates one night, then the next day he's saying like uh the media doesn't know what they're talking about and uh if you're not in my locker room get the f out and things like I'm just like dude, shut up. Please, for the love of God, just just stop talking. And Kendrick Perkins said something to the effect of like, the guy puts his foot in his mouth every time he talks, which is 100% true, and he doesn't stop. And it's like, you're telling this to the media. What do you think is going to happen? Everybody's going to talk about it. And he just, he just goes on and on and on, Professor Kyrie. The gift that keeps on giving now that he's gone. It is unbelievable, and I just I, it's so hard to listen to him, but it's so embarrassingly funny that I have to. Yeah. Um, final thoughts on the NBA. Um, small subject. The NBA has had a ratings issue this year. Um, if you look at their hard numbers, um, I think what's difficult in today's day and age to judge is because these numbers are just the the Nielsen ratings. They don't account for the people that stream through devices, <laughs> stream illegally, it happens. Yeah. Um or are you know are watching at bars and restaurants and things. You know, it's tough to 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 gauge uh everything. Um but ratings are down. Um I think um e- even though some teams locally are up, you know, you know local ratings are still good, but NBA ratings nationally are down. Um and I think a big reason for that is that there's no super team. I'm very excited this year in the NBA that I have no idea who's going to win the NBA championship. I think there's going to be some great battles in the first and second rounds of the playoffs. There could be some very good teams that don't make it because the competition, I think, in both both conferences is very, very good. Um, you have teams like the Miami Heat who are surprising everyone. Um, each team kind of doesn't have more than two superstars uh, at most. Um and I think it's it's you know it's a give and take when you have teams like the Warriors because everybody hates them because you have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. Like, oh my God, they're going to win the championship again. But you tune in every single night to see if they lose. Could somebody yeah. beat them? Can can anybody can you know? Oh my God, wait, the Pelicans have a twenty point lead on the Warriors in the third quarter. I got I got to put that game on. I got I, I got to go watch it right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Whereas right now, there's no team who it's like, oh, the Lakers are losing. Well, oh, well, okay. I mean, yeah, you know, hey, you know, the the Mavericks are a good young team. They got you know, even even if like the Cavs were beating the Lakers, you'd be like, hey, you know, every team has their night. You know, the Lakers, you know, they're just you know, they're kind of a little bit of a lull. If the if a team like that was beating the Warriors, if there was a Warriors like team, and you heard they were down, I'd want to flick it on. I'd be like. Uh, oh my God, could this happen? You know, a team that could win, only lose single digit games, you're going to tune in to see those losses. And without that, eh, I think, you know, people from the East Coast were staying up to watch Warriors games on the West Coast. And that just isn't happening right now. To be honest, I think it kind of sucks. You know, I like this product a lot better. There's way more parity. Um, like you mentioned, there's only like two superstars in each team. And who's going to come out of the East? It could be one to six. You don't know. And I mean, the West is kind of more narrowed down to Lakers, Clippers, but I still think, you know, 
Denver is is fun to watch, and Utah and uh, Doncic with the Mavs, and I think there's way more parity. I love the league right now. I think it's in a good spot, um, which is kind of shocking. So hopefully they get it back up. I mean, I think you know people love to hate, you know, like the Warriors, Patriots, things like that, which you know essentially the, the, brings them the, up. The Yankees, the Yankees of, of the yeah. early two thousands. Yep, and so that you know you lose something with that, but I also think. If you just if you're an NBA fan, this is this is peak basketball because you have so much parity. Teams like Miami are you know stunning the league and Utah and all these fun teams to watch. They don't necessarily have like eight superstars, but you know guys like Donovan Mitchell, guys like Luka Doncic, um, those guys are fun to watch in and of themselves. Even teams like the Suns. I mean, you got Booker who's fantastic, DeAndre Ayton. Like they're finally getting healthy now. They're winning. They're scrapping away you know they're only like i think three games out of a playoff spot yeah um another team uh, i think one thing that can help the ratings um and i think it, it not can it will um the return of zion williamson last night um i'm skeptical of him as a player i don't know it, there is no way i think he could reach or exceed the expectations that are you know that are going to be placed on him um some people expect him to be the next LeBron James. I think that's not fair because there's there, there is no next LeBron James. People thought LeBron was going to be the next Jordan and you learn pretty quickly that yeah, there's there's nobody He's else. Not Jordan. Yeah. There's there's nobody else that's going to be Jordan. Um it's going to be very hard to be LeBron just because of his skill set. I don't think he's the same type of player. Um I think early on last night, um you know, Williamson uh, he played in little four-minute stretches, which is no time at all to get any sort of a rhythm. Yeah, you saw in the second half when he actually got minutes, uh, he scored like seventeen straight points. Um, granted, a lot of that was shooting threes, wide which, open threes, wide open threes, which I did not know he had in his arsenal. So you can, yeah. you know, he's worked on that. Um, teams are not necessarily going to give that to him anymore. I don't think he looked fully healthy last night. He didn't seem to have the same consistent amount of pop that we saw from him in college, um, which is what he's going to need. He's reliant on that. I think if he works on his craft and his skill, um, he could be a dominant low-post player and maybe taking bigs off the dribble because he can handle the ball. Um, But I'm not going to say he's a bust. I'm not saying that. I think off of last night, some people are overreacting. 100%. I I think he... In a big moment, he showed what he can do. Um, it's one game. You know, next game, maybe a team's going to say, listen, I guess this guy can shoot threes, you know, if they're wide open. So just don't let him shoot a wide open three. And if he doesn't, if he's not, I don't think he's fully healthy right now. Um, he kind of looked like he was kind of favoring that leg still. And he shows you some of the flashes of the athleticism where there's a missed shot and he's on one side of the basket. And then on the, before you know, he's on the other side, ripping the rebound away from a guy and putting it back up and in fantastic. That's going to be Zion Williamson hustle heart, making freak athletic plays. If he can develop a three point shot, if he can work on his low post game, because he's not just gonna be able to bully guys. No, anymore. Yeah. Um, he could be very good. He could be an all-star. Um, I, the only thing I worry about, not him, ready to say that he's because he doesn't aside from being a freak athletically, which all those guys are in that league. I don't see him do any one thing particularly well that's going to like jettison him into the LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant uh, type of discussion just because his skills, his basketball skills, 
aren't there yet. Yeah, and I think the one thing that you have to watch out for, obviously, is the injury risk, right? He he doesn't look healthy yet. Um, maybe he'll get there, and they're obviously they obviously he scored seventeen points, and they still took him out of the game, and they end up losing. But which the fans were booing. But I'm like, really? Yeah. Would you rather have win this meaningless game against the Spurs and have him like blow out his knee again at the end of the game, or exactly. like let him do what he did and work his way back in? Which you know. Credit to him. I I also did not know that his three-point shot was going to be that on. Now, I think part of that is just he's fired up, first NBA game, adrenaline kicks in, and he's just kind of going. I think he's going to be a good player if he can stay healthy. But the threes, people will start covering that, number one. And number two, I think – I don't think he's he's not going to shoot 100% forever. So we'll see where he is at. It'll balance out. More career threes made than Ben Simmons. Wow. In one game. (laughs) Not even one game in like a minute Isn't and a half crazy? stretch. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, right. Um, really quickly, though, I was disappointed in John Morant. I know the Celtics did a really great job of shutting him down for the most part last night. He he didn't have, and he's a rookie. You're going to have up and down games. But I was really hoping to get to see him say ball out and then watch Zion, too. Um, I, I still think that uh, there isn't even a discussion. John Morant is going to be your NBA rookie of the year. Um, we're going to transition now to your questions. Um, you can send us questions throughout the week. Um, you don't have to wait till the days we're taping the show. Um, send them in throughout the week through our Instagram page, through Twitter. Um, you can email the show, um, the 360 sports show at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 360 sports show. Um, and yeah, you can uh, interact with us. We've got some polls going on throughout the weeks. Um, and uh, any 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 sports related questions you want to send us your way, uh, you can send them. Um, and we're going to get into this question now. First, uh, from Nick, um, what effect do you think Eli's retirement has on the Giants? And do you think Antonio Brown will ever set foot on a football field again? Thanks from Nick. Uh, thanks for the question, Nick. Um, I think Eli retiring is going to have a positive effect on the Giants because they can now actually just fully move forward um, with Daniel Jones or whatever their future is going to be. They can fully embrace that now. I don't think there's any negatives coming out of that. Um, Antonio Brown will never, ever, ever set foot on a football field in an NFL stadium. Yeah, XFL maybe. Uh, or, or any other of or the FLs. Or penitentiary somewhere. Or that. Uh, which is the probably not the best option for him, but he's also kind of uh, a loose cannon, and he should probably get some help, which is the biggest thing. We've here. been saying that for a while. Actually, we haven't talked too much about him specifically on this show yet. I was saying it from Hard Knocks in August. This dude's just not right. I don't no. know if it's the concussions. I don't know if he was always like this. I don't. I don't. I don't know. You know you, you, it speaks to how you can watch a guy as an athlete and then not really know about them. I watched him coming up and say, look at this guy, sixth round pick, scrapped to get on the field, you know, came from a smaller school, made a name for himself, made himself into the the best player in the league, arguably. And he's just completely as a person He's, he's not a great he's guy. Falling apart. Yeah, I mean I, I you know he seemed to kind of have that oh cocky diva wide receiver attitude. Yeah, we all know those guys are like that. But it's gone way beyond that. I yeah. mean his off the field issues the dude can't. You talk about Kyrie, dude. Just shut up. I mean, Antonio has not helped his case at all. One through his own actions and the problems he's caused for himself, but then after the fact, the can't stay away from social media. I mean, 
he he's refusing to pay a moving truck and he's tucking rocks at a, at a, at movers and so he's got warrants out for his arrest now. It's like, <laughs> dude, what are yeah. you doing? What are you doing? He's he's on unhin- he's on the hinge. I'll answer the the first part of the question, which was about Eli. Uh, I would say it has little to no effect, honestly, because I think they're going to move forward with Jones anyway. Honestly, I think the reason Eli retired mainly is because I think he's just done. I don't think he has much left in the tank. So he has tons of picks left in the tank. That's true. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of um, wobbly balls and uh, picks. But other than that, um, Daniel Jones and Saquon—that's kind of your your way forward if you're the Giants. Antonio Brown, real quick. Um, yeah, he. I've said from day one, he's got to get some help, and I obviously he's not going to. But he's going to either hurt himself or someone else, like he did already, apparently. And it's not a good situation. He's not a very good person, you know, just from everything you read, and it's just one thing after another. Just look at the fallout. He he gets kicked off the Steelers, the Raiders call. He gets kicked off the Raiders, goes to the Patriots. He's off the Patriots. Now he's, you know, losing his agent, losing all these sponsors. He's just not he, – he, something's up with his mind there. And Total mental health. Yeah, thing. and he's got, he's got to get some help, um, and hopefully he does. And, and maybe it will take actually having to go to, like, prison for a month or something, you know, some sort of I, – I don't know. I mean, or would he think that he's – I don't know. I don't know what's it's it, what it's going to take because everything that comes out – uh, nothing changes, so I don't even think... Because once the money starts to dry up, all your boys are going to disappear, yeah. and you're kind of just left by yourself. I I, were, I, I really... I, I'm i not, like, up at night, but as far as, like, the track I see going, I worry about the dude, because it's just not good. Yeah, right and now. people around him, you know? Never yeah. mind himself. He could harm himself, but other people around him, just just not a great situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Patriots were so smart to just cut bait. Yeah. Um. There, there'll be people that'll forever say if they had Antonio Brown. No, I'm sorry. If they had Antonio Brown, they weren't going to win the Super Bowl. Um, and nor, nor would you want to? I liked it. I liked watching Week Two. You know, Tom throw back shoulder fades to Antonio Brown. But in the bottom of my heart, I felt like God. If we win a Super Bowl and he's the reason why, like I'm just going to feel dirty. And and you know he takes over the conversation when he's here, so it's no longer about. Yeah, the, it's not like the he, Patriots. He, he didn't pull a Chad Johnson. Uh, Chad Johnson, you know, the artist formerly known as Ocho Cinco, the artist formerly known as Chad Johnson, formerly known as Ocho Cinco, <laughs> now Chad Johnson again. Um, when he came to the Patriots, he got right in line. He basically shut up that year and played. I mean, he sucked, he, he, he struggled. <laughs> he did, yeah. but but he was not. People worried about him being a distraction, and he was not at all. I mean, even Randy Moss, it was never. He was never like a huge issue. Um, he was maybe the year after they they almost won the Super Bowl, but yeah, he was never at the a time huge too. Issue. I mean, social media wasn't as big a thing then. True. I mean, you didn't you didn't have players getting on Instagram and Twitter after games and getting. I mean, their lives as players were pretty hidden from us. Still, Antonio then. Brown's another level. I mean, it's just yeah. <sighs> Um, this question comes from Mike and he simply wants to know where's taco Maine, <laughs> <laughs> Portland, Maine, Portland, Maine. go see him. Um, I want to see taco in games. Um, I think he's not there yet. They've brought him up for games. And I know I've heard people say, well, if you brought him up, why didn't you just play him regular minutes instead of waiting? Is, why is he just the victory cigar at the end of the games? Um, you know, or, you know, you're down 20 with five minutes to go. Um, it is still such a, 
a great moment when he comes into the Oh, it's now. amazing. The building's electric. I think, you know, do I think they're kind of doing it simply to sell tickets? Yes. Um, I, I think he can he can be an NBA player. Um, I think he's got to work on his game. He doesn't utilize his height, which sounds dumb because the dude's 7'6". Um, but when he gets the ball, he puts the ball down where everybody else is. Keep the ball up. Yeah. Um, and so he has some of those habits you got to work out of. Um, I think his conditioning's improved um, from preseason to now. You see him moving up and down the court. You know, I've watched some of the Portland games. Uh, he moves. He's moving much better. Um, he can't guard the three. He's so big that, yeah, you know, he has to work on knowing when to go all out, say, to block a shot or to, to just to, to challenge a shot and when to just kind of like I only need to put my arms up here cuz I'm already so tall I don't want to follow this guy or reaching out sort he's going to learn some things can you only learn that by getting nba minutes yes i personally as a fan I want to see him up with the Celtics getting starters minutes but it, you know you can't do that. There's yeah. professionals make this the, the the coaching staff and the the scouting staff are professionals too. And I think if he were this hidden talent, I think they'd be playing him because they've needed some help with the bigs. Now I think Ennis Cantor has been uh, huge. Him and Tice have kind of fallen into the roles where it's kind of like whatever the game needs, they give. And hopefully, you get Rob Williams back. And, and getting Rob Williams back will be huge. He's a sh- actual shot blocker. Um, I think if they wouldn't just waste him in Maine. If, if, no. if they thought they could actually get like 10, 12 minutes a game out of, you know, you know, from him, he'd be playing. So that just tells me that they just think he's not ready or able, which I think if you just do the eye test, he's not, you know, and he, and he can get there. But just look at him on the pick and roll and he can't really guard the three. He's a guy that you want to go against, you know, lower post guys. Say, like, if Cantor was on the opposite team, you would put Taco in maybe for a few minutes. But he's just he's not there yet within the system. He's not NBA ready yet. So I think the more experience he can get just in a game anywhere um, will help him in the long run. Um, quick note from uh, a poll we had on Twitter. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter at 360 Sports Show as well as on Instagram. Um, we had asked uh, major win for the Celtics over the Lakers. Does it change your outlook for the C's team as a title contender? Um, the options were yes, statement win or no, just an off night for Los Angeles. And 75% said yes, statement win. Um, wanted to make sure we got that out there since we had done that. And I think, you know, we've kind of made the point. I think I think they've turned a page, especially given last night. Um, we'll see how they do in the next game because more guys are going to be out hurt. It's going to be a road trip too. Which so. is always going to be the caveat. It's like, can they, like you said, can they just stay healthy? But I think those two wins um, – they showed there what they're capable of and hopefully knock on wood healthy. Um, that's what they can be. And I think they can legitimately make a run in the Eastern conference. They will not beat Milwaukee though, without some bench help. That's yeah. kind of been our, our yeah, no message. doubt. And I think, you know, this road trip will be, will be telling as well. Um, and we will end the show as we have ended other shows, uh, with some excellent, uh, would you rathers from Ryan? Um, Ryan has, has given us some oh, just absolutely gold questions, uh, to ponder the last two weeks. Um, and he gives us a similar type of question. Um, kind of the point we've mentioned it three times now, the questions you send in, they don't have to strictly be, you know, what do you think about this guy? Can this guy or breaking down a game? It can be anything, absolutely anything sports. What Ryan has done for us the last three weeks has been fantastic. Um, just fun little almost game 
type questions. Uh, we have the question, which we will answer next week. We got it very late, and it, it begs some research. Our top five jerseys of all time. I think that is an awesome, 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 awesome question. Awesome question. Um, we'll also, when we do answer that, I think it would be cool to create a little uh, social media graphic for that to put out yeah. our responses uh, after the show. Um, but that's the types of questions we're looking for. Obviously, you know, if you want us to delve into any sort of analysis, um, it can be collegiate sports, it can be major league, pro league sports, uh, it can be international, uh, literally anything. That's why it's the 360 Sports Show, all encompassing. Um, but we'll get to it here from Ryan. If you were an NFL player and could choose your career, would you want to play for 20 years, Hall of Fame, no Super Bowls, play for 10 years, no Hall of Fame, one Super Bowl, or play for three years, three Super Bowls, no Hall of Fame? Assume you are a starter for each year. So 20 years, you're in the Hall of Fame, but you never win a Super Bowl. Essentially, you're Dan Marino. Play for 10 years. You don't get in the Hall of Fame. You win one Super Bowl. You are Trent Dilfer. Man, there's no Hall of Fame option there? Nope. Play for three years. You get three Super Bowls, but you're not in the Hall of Fame. You're Jimmy G because you have three rings and you win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> and you don't get into Jimmy the Hall G. of Fame. Uh, assume you're a starter for each year. Which of those careers would you rather have? Basically, 20 years Hall of Fame, no rings. Ten years, no Hall of Fame, one ring. Three years, three Super Bowls. So the no twenty year, you get the Hall of Fame. Twenty year, you get the Hall of Fame, but you never win a ring. You're Dan Marino. Are you Dan Marino, Trent Dilfer, or Jimmy G? If Jimmy G like wins the Super Bowl and retires right now, do I look like Jimmy G? Um, it's not said that you, you don't. <laughs> um, I guess I guess we could pry Ryan for uh, more detail. We gotta we gotta get more detail. I mean, you gotta. You gotta give us more detail here, Ryan. Yeah, what are we doing here? Come on. This is this is strictly about your NFL career. Choose your career, not choose your you face. Know what? Uh, I'm I'm inclined to go one ring, no Hall of Fame in the ten years because you get more money, right? How many? How much money can you make? That's in at three least years? two contracts. Yeah. So oh yeah, three years. That's uh, you're on your rookie deal, baby. Now twenty years in the Hall of Fame, but never win a title. Uh, would be good as well, but I, I'll take the title in the 10 years, but no haul, but I'll make a bunch of money. I'll do that. I mean, it's pretty hard for me to say you could win three Super Bowls in three years and not be in the Hall of Fame. Like That's yeah, almost that's like true. a ridiculous statement, yeah. but it's possible. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has two Super Bowl rings. Well, he's got to play in... He hasn't played yet. It doesn't matter. He has rings. When you go, yeah. if you go to his Wikipedia page, it says... Yeah, 2014 and 2016 Super he, Bowl champion. He doesn't get. He does. It's it like, does not matter. I'm just saying. It does st- matter. Strictly, this is. But that's strictly it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, unless you know, obviously, you, uh, I guess this is assuming you're the starter in the Super Bowl. You'd have to get three years. So if Jimmy G wins this year and he retires, is he getting the Hall of Fame? No. No. Um, also, like, all right, let's let's maybe not use him strictly as the example. Let's say it's actually you are the starting quarterback for three seasons. You go to three Super Bowls. You win three Super Bowls. It would have to be like if Troy Aikman like wasn't a good passer, yeah, and they win you know three Super Bowls, and but it's literally only because of Emmitt Smith, and he's strictly a passenger. He does nothing at all, but yeah. he has three. Okay, three I rings. could see that. Yeah, um, I don't think I'd want to be that because I want those championships to mean something. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't give Kevin Durant two rings. Yeah, no, and as a professional athlete, don't you want you want the you want the Ching Ching 
you know, like those bling, ching, ching. those those rings just seem so hollow. Um, twenty years, no Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I got to agree with you. I mean, though the twenty years, I mean, you're in the Hall of Fame probably because you've set numerous records. You're going to go down as one of the greats. Um, I'd rather get that one title and a bunch of moolah. Yeah, I'd I'd rather play for ten years. I don't care about what the Hall of Fame is doing. Um, and playing that one Super Bowl. Plus, let's be real. In this scenario, right nowadays, everybody's getting <laughs> that, in the that's, Hall of that's Fame. That's true. <laughs> that's true. This is this 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 uh, question is dated, Ryan. Well, you lost, but everybody gets a trophy. So. <laughs> little little Hall of Fame. You didn't get a jacket, but maybe you get like sweatpants. Yeah, I'll take gold sweatpants. Gold sweatpants. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts? No, I think we tied it up pretty nice. You know, ending with that question is uh, spot on. Yeah, so um, you can send the questions again. We're going to keep harping on it uh, to the360sportshow at gmail.com. You can send them through Instagram and Twitter at 360sportshow. Remember to like and subscribe. We're on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much every podcasting app now you can find us on. If you're having any trouble, shoot us a message, and we will try and sort that out for you. Um, next week, we will be doing uh, a real big uh, dive into the Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Can't wait to get to that one. So thank you, everybody. Have a good week. See you.